Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Tian. Time now for In the Spotlight. And in the spotlight today was your last vacation. Do you remember how you decided on your trip? And more importantly, how did you book your accommodations? You know, due to the growth of social media, travelers are using reviews and recommendations during the planning stages of their trip. And nowadays, with the enlargement and popularity of online review sites, the impact of this sort of feedback is really multiple. So hospitality is the name of the game today. Drawing upon more than 240 million verified customer reviews, digital travel platform Booking.com has unveiled its annual Traveller Review Awards 2023 for Singapore. You know what? Singapore's got 125 accommodation partners this year that are being recognised with the Traveller Review Award 2023. Let's find out more from this from Nuno Guerrero, who is Regional Director, South Asia Oceana and Chains from Booking.com. Nuno, how are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to me about travel. Who doesn't want to talk about travel? But this is great. Uh, the annual Booking.com Traveler Review Awards. Tell us a little bit more about it. Indeed. Uh, look, I think everyone wants to, tell, to talk about travel. It's indeed exciting times. And that's exactly why we put together the Travel View Award. It's to recognize our travel providers from accommodations to the transportation. So all of our partners that work over 220 countries, where we definitely recognize their commitment to provide a consistent and excellent service and hospitality to all of travelers. So that was quite important to us. And we want to make sure that like, if there's secret experiences, if there's really an opportunity to experience something that you never had, that we actually don't just keep it a secret, that we are able to share with everyone and at the same time recognize the wonderful job that our partners are doing to provide those wonderful experiences. Okay, I love this one. You know, you've got 240 million verified custom reviews. And I'm curious, how or what makes a good review? Because even sometimes as a person reviewing, I don't know how to make sure that my review is, you know, the best that I can offer. It does come to personal, at the end comes to personal, obviously, taste. But we do have, like, the way that we look at it, uh, we do have a standard. So our average score is 8.0 and above out of 10. Okay. And minimum, our partners would have to have three reviews to really be able to, obviously, to classify and to be able to uh, be recognized in our program. Overall, it does really come down to your taste. Are you looking for a luxury stay or are you fine and really looking for maybe a camp? site or glamping. So it does depend on, you know, is it family? Is it a, a group of friends? And definitely we offer and cater for all, all different personal tastes. Mm, lots of demographics involved. Very interesting there. There's also this component called this year's most welcoming places. Mm-hmm. Okay. What makes a welcoming place? Yes, indeed. I, I think that's where we're featuring across the world, across the five continents, our hidden coastal gems to rural destinations. I think it's really where we can have unique experiences. Mm-hmm. So we've, I mean, probably I'll, I'll highlight the, the top five that maybe it's, it's curious for everyone to sure. sort of understand where they are across our planet. We started one in Italy first, so it's actually close to Bari. It's uh, Poligno Amare. 
So ah. it's southeastern Italy. Yep. So definitely, um, it's a you know less uh, sort of a less beaten uh, track, an opportunity for people to travel to it and recognize. Then we have Yulian in uh, Taiwan. Yep. So it's the east coast. San Sebastian in Spain, Dresden in Germany, so it's sort of south of Berlin, it's like two hours from Berlin. And then we have Klaipeda in Lithuania, so it's like across the Baltic Sea with an old German-style town, it's wonderful. Very interesting you bring up those cities, especially with the southern Italy coastal line, because when you say most welcoming place, I would have said Positano. But I would say that because of the people there. The same thing with Hualien, which is where my wife is from. It's also the people there. So in a way, this is kind of something where the resident plays a part as to how well that city does. Definitely. And that's what we've seen, like the communities are like how communities also welcome tourists and they are part of that experience, really plays a part. And what we have seen is certainly a bit of a shift of the top destinations and some of those most well-known, like Positano, and I have also mm. been there, which is still wonderful, but you get the opportunity to experience also Italy, but in a, like a well less well-known destination, right, right, right. And, and certainly still very worth to, uh, to discover. Yeah, there's so many fractions of that southern coastline. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Let's bring it to Singapore. Singapore. Singapore, of course, there are some local properties that are awarded. And, you know, I want to talk about travels I'm looking for in terms of accommodation. I believe, as usual, you'll have Raffles, Singapore, Four Seasons, Barracks Hotel, Sentosa happens to be on that list itself. Tell us a little bit more about these accommodations. And I think you'll open up. We have 125 accommodation partners that wow. were yes. recognized in Singapore. Yes. So that I think that's really good to highlight. And uh, together, they represent over 400,000 reviews. So all of them above 8.28 and it's fantastic to see the level of service that our hospitality partners are providing in Singapore. Indeed, I think uh, Raffles for Seasons Barracks, uh, we have the iconic Marina Bay Sands uh, mm. that uh, has to be in top of the list, mm-hmm. followed by Ritz-Carlton, the Capital mm-hmm. Capital Hotel in Singapore, and we have a new entry this year, the Grand Hotel. So I'm not sure if you're familiar, but that's that's one that also we've seen with a nine-point score wow. from our review scores, followed by Capella, also with a nine. Yeah. And then we have a new entry also this year, the Hotel Indigo Singapore Katong. So that's also uh, with a nine score and fantastic reviews from our travelers. And the last one of our top 10 is the Fullerton Bay. Mm, okay, so pretty big names here. And you would think that because it's Singapore, even the uh, boutique hotels or alternative accommodations can shine as well. But it's something about staying in a hotel which really garners that extra uh, prestige where reviews are concerned. Indeed, and I, what I've seen, what we've seen from travel preference, they, they are one of the top things that in Singapore. So we did uh, outside of Singapore, we have many other countries where vacation rentals do come up, uh, apartments, villas, and other sorts of properties. In Singapore specifically, we've seen that travelers are looking more, for example, to appreciate the service from the staff, the cleanliness, and particularly the location. So central locations are very important, and either that is in the city center or maybe even Sentosa. Mm. I want to pivot to another kind of traveling experience and this is an interesting one the eco traveler you know sustainable travel uh, mm. what is the profile of such a traveler 
I, I think indeed, look, uh, we have seen so sustainability is not just a buzzword anymore, and it's something that we've seen our travelers expecting. We are particularly uh, post-pandemic. Everybody has a bit of a mindset of where they are determined to to travel, but lower their footprint and lower their impact. And so it's fantastic to see what we have seen globally is that 81% of the travelers are thinking more sustainable. 78% actually of them told us that they will that they intend to stay in a property that that applies like sustainability practices over the coming year when they are traveling. What we're trying to do at Booking.com is make sure that we make it easier for travelers to find those sustainable properties and make sure that if we pair up what they're looking for, what they desire uh, with our choices. It's quite interesting. I mean, for me personally, I like it when a hotel doesn't have to change my towel every day or change the bed sheets every day. I mean, that's a bit of a waste. How much is this picking up as far as what you're seeing on the data, people going on booking.com? Uh, we see a lot more. Uh, so we see a lot more, of course, focus and, and a lot more travelers searching. That's exactly why we've launched the travel sustainability badge in our platform. So it's an op- opportunity for any traveler that comes to our platform. They are able to filter and search for those properties that are doing those practices. And look, one thing that is important to highlight is that usually, sometimes traveling sustainable might have a correlation with or. Consumers may think that that always attracts also a more expensive or a higher yeah. price. Yeah. And it does not have to be, right? So practices like you're saying that maybe we switch like single-use plastics or yeah. we don't change sheets or towels every day. Actually, those sorts of practices are not going to entail more expensive rates from our partners. And that's sort of the mindset shift that we were looking also to change where there's more sustainable travel options that suit all the ranges and sort of all the price ranges from consumers. Mm, interesting to bring up this price or expenses, right? Because there and there are a couple of areas to look at here. I mean, looking at 2023, I know we're already into the almost done with the first quarter, but uh, people talking about inflation. How do you see this issue of price impacting travel trends this year? Indeed, I think one of the first things when I even talk with also my friends and, and of course in the, in the industry and even I see many colleagues is we, you definitely need to plan ahead. So if you're traveling yeah. a bit further uh, internationally, so for example, if you want to go to the east coast of Italy, indeed, you would have to plan ahead to make sure that you're getting the best rates. Okay. At the same time, despite that looming sort of, uh, you know, macro headwinds and that recession that we, that we see overall, there are many attractive destinations. There are a lot of pricing comparison platforms out there that provide you different sort of price ranges. And honestly, we're here to also highlight the destinations, the experiences and consumers. We have seen the trend also looking for value, not just the lower price, but actually what can you do in that destination? What sort of experiences can they go out? What type of food? What type of activities they can do if they go out as a family? So that being said, we have not seen the the desire to travel actually being dampened. And we've seen consumers prioritizing, obviously, maybe probably prioritizing a bit travel whilst being cautious of, of, you know, how much can they spend. But yeah, they still want to go out and continue to experience the world. Yeah, I echo your words right there because I'm also planning my year-end trip already. And a common phrase that I keep hearing from my friends, so help me out with this. So my friends keep saying, oh, you better tra- you plan early, you better book everything early because the Chinese tourists are coming out. They're going to start booking places. You're not going to get any slots. I mean, is this really true, Nuno? Well, I do think, thankfully, uh, when we look at Asia-Pacific, most of all the countries are now open. 
Thankfully, all of those restrictions that we have seen in the last couple of years have been mostly removed. We've also seen more, a lot more mobility. Flights are coming back. Think for us to see really the roaring back of the Chinese travelers across Asia Pacific, we will have to see first the air lift capacity coming back up. And uh, we, from the data that we see, probably it will be at 50% of the interla- international long haul by mid of this year, and maybe 70 to 80% by the end of the year. So no, I think we're still fine this year. We're still fine to together with our fellow Chinese tourists to explore Asia Pacific, but I don't think it will be crowded just yet. Thanks for calming me down, Dan. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> what else are you seeing in terms of, uh, I don't know, travel predictions or trends for the rest of the year? Look, I, we definitely continue to see flexibility and convenience to be uh, top of mind of everyone. So people, if they book, they want to make sure that they can, maybe if they need to change that plans that they can cancel and reschedule it mm-hmm. to another date okay. because that's quite important. Maybe you even want to reschedule the destination. Another big trend is digitalization. So we have seen a lot of experiences that maybe were only available when you landed at the destination and maybe if you speak with the concierge of that hotel or of that uh, property that you're staying, but actually a lot of those experiences have now been digitalized and now you can actually book your flight, your hotel, and through booking.com also your experience even before you even leave your home country. So that's making it easier for everyone to know actually how they can plan their wonderful vacation before they are even there so that they can really relax and unwind when they are traveling. All right, I've been speaking with Nuna Guerrero, who is Regional Director, South Asia, Oceania and Chains for Booking.com. Thanks again for your time. Fantastic, thank you. Likewise, good luck with your travel. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.